everybody. Welcome to Curly Girlies Cracking the Kid Code with Atara and Grace. I am Atara, founder of the Curly Girl Movement, author of the Curly Girly book series, and owner of curlygirly.com, spelled with two E's at the end of curly and two E's at the end of girly. And I am here with my amazing co-host and good friend, Grace Cross. Hi, Grace. Hi, Atara, and hi, everyone. I'm Grace Cross. I'm the owner of The Baby Spot, the only global parenting magazine, and you can find me at thebabyspot.ca. Uh, today, we have such a fun and engaging guest who shares many important ideas and themes with her audience. Atara, who do we have? So, Grace, audience, I'm excited to welcome Mika Perry. She really is one of us. She is a wife, a mother, an entrepreneur, and like us, the co-host of a podcast named Good to Be Home. Mika's works to encourage and inspire women to find their inspiration in their home and in their lifestyle. Mika does this in a myriad of ways, which we are excited to discuss. Welcome, Mika, to our show. How are you today? Thank you, ladies. I'm really good, and I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Happy to have you. Yeah, we really (laughs) are happy to have you. Um, So, Mika, I really wanted to get started and, and kind of tell you, Um, A friend of mine told me about your podcast several months ago. Hmm. Um, I don't have a ton of time, but I did listen. She was like, you have to listen. You'll be hooked. And I have to say, really, um, your podcast was really beautiful. Like the way you speak so openly about yourself and your marriage and your husband and your life. I thought it was refreshing. Um, Refreshing because it wasn't, even though you're out there telling a really serious, intimate story, you tell it in a beautiful, quiet way. So I don't want to tell it for you, but I would love to just, um, that's my background. I'd love you to kind of give us a little bit of the impetus for your first podcast and, and the blog and the events surrounding it, if you may. Yeah. Ah, yes, absolutely. So um, if you just take a quick look at, you know, maybe my Instagram or my website, it's very much like home and lifestyle focused. Yes. Um, but really, you know, I, I, at the end of the day, I really want to get into the heart of, of life and motherhood and marriage. Um, and, and we started the podcast with our first episode was called The Blog Post. Mm-hmm. And it was referring to a blog post that I wrote about my husband's affair. And the subsequent uh, journey with sobriety that Mm -hmm. he kind of went through. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, So, so yeah, it was very much like, you don't really hear a lot of people talking about (laughs) their affair um, on, on air and sobriety. And it was really important for us not only to talk about it, but talk about it from the perspective of going through it and coming out on the other side. And I really love to stick to positive messages, um, positive images, you know, really like organized spaces on Instagram. And it it looks like, oh, it's all pretty and fun. Right. Um, But I like to do that because I want to show everyone that you can go through something horrible and awful like that and still come out the other side. And in fact, have an even better life because I think a lot of people are so afraid when they're in the darkness of all of that, you Mm -hmm. know, really hard times in your life. You don't really see the other end. You don't really don't. Yeah, you don't. You don't. So I not only want to show people that there's a light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak, but also there are people going through the exact same thing as you. And so it's really important for me to just be one voice out there in that. Mika, I love that so much because it is, um, it's, often people have um 
you know, people call it skeletons in their closet, but really this is real life that is happening. And the advice that people who are going through challenges usually get is, okay, just drop everything, get out of there and leave. But that's not always the case. We have so many options. And what's beautiful about you is that you show people that their path, there's not one right way to handle this situation. It's between yourself, it's between your spouse, and that you can make decisions from there. Absolutely. And, you know, the decisions you make also lead to changes you need to make within yourself. And so that is a journey that my husband and I have both gone on separately and together. Yes. And, um, and you know, it's, it's kind of looking at like, not only did not the surface level of the bad things that happen, for example, an addiction or right. an affair, but really kind of, it's really shown us that we all have there really is like pain and fear. It's rooted in deeper issues. Right. Yes. And um, when you're willing to take a look at that and you're willing to be op- not just vulnerable, but open to like just letting it out there and being embarrassed and being ashamed and talking about the hard stuff and going through a hard time, um, just being okay with putting that out there. And, um, and then, and, and then turning it around and making it, you know, make meaning out of it, um, making it purposeful and having it drive you in a new direction in life. Right. Because I think what's so key about, about what you talk about is that, you know, things like an affair, they don't happen in a vacuum, right? There are, it's a symptom of greater things going on in your world and in your marriage. And people need to really introspect about that and say, how did I get there? Because Mm -hmm. maybe it isn't even actually, it can be different things in different marriages. It doesn't have to be an affair. It could be other things, but you really, nothing is perfect. And in order to get it to at least the best place that it can be, you need to really figure out what's really going on here. And I think that um, you did that and, and you detail that so beautifully when you speak. So I guess I'm curious, and maybe our audience as well, I imagine there was a process, right? You didn't just, you know, it happened and you're like, okay, here I am ready to move forward. Um, Tell us a little bit about the beginning, the the darkness and how you really emerged from that. Yeah. So um, it, you know, I found out and it it happened on my, uh, my now seven-year-old daughter, but she was two months old on the, on her two month birthday. Um, that's kind of, you know, when it all came crashing down and I found out and, um, it really was an example of when the rug gets pulled out from under you. I really genuinely like felt, I, I remember when it happened, I said, Oh, that's what, that's what the expression where it comes from, because right. I remember standing at my kitchen counter and having that feeling of just my world underneath, just getting pulled out from under me. And, and from there, um, you know, I really went through the different stages okay. of, yes. of anger and shock and um, denial mm-hmm. and um, all the different stages that I was like, wow, like kind of looking from the outside. And I was like, kind of an out of body experience where I was like, I am really like, I was, I'm not an angry person by nature, but I was going right. through that. And then it went through denial. And then it went through, you know, um, just all the different stages. Right. <laughs> and, yes. um, and, you know, Can I, I ask I, you, I just want to interject. Yeah. Did you, have any suspicions prior no. to this? Ha- no. Mm-mm. Wow. Nope. Yeah. That's so interesting, right? Yeah. I, I knew he had a problem with alcohol. Okay. Yes. Um, and we had issues prior to that. And through sharing my story, I've realized 
how many women are in that position of having a spouse, not just women, but even a husband, um, yes. where your spouse has um, an addiction and they're choosing to deal with their stress mm -hmm. or their pain. Um, by going to a substance that just helps them escape a little bit. Right. Rather um, than confronting really, it. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. It's so much easier to just numb right. it out. Right. Um, and, you know, more and more, I feel like as a society, we're becoming more uh, distolerant of pain and discomfort. Um, oh, there's so true. More, yeah. There's more ways that we can distract ourselves from yes. it. And we are not strengthening our coping mechanisms and our coping skills. I'm not a psychologist, but this is just speaking right. from my experience that now looking back, I'm like, wow, we were, he was choosing to find ways to, um, you know, escape from pains that he was having personally. Right. Life is right. hard. And he was a young dad. He actually had a, a daughter. I have a 14 year old stepdaughter wow. and, um, he had a, his first daughter when he was in college and okay. you know, he had, um, uh, his so ill-prepared in other words. Ill, yeah. Ill-prepared coming, you know, life didn't happen as he intended for many of us, you know, we right. get thrown curveballs, and, sure, and he was, sure. he was doing the best with the tools that he had. Um, and his coping skills, what he was taught and what he knew to do. Right. And, um, but it, it really came out of nowhere for me. And so of course that was very much a shock and left us both with, you know, marriage doesn't come with a handbook, unfortunately. So it's no. like, okay, what happened? What do you do? What when, do you do now? What's, what's when, the next step? <laughs> what's the next step? And, and truth be told, like that, this was before really Instagram, um, yes. before a lot of social media, before this whole like authenticity and vulnerability mm -hmm. and having podcasts like this, like you and I talking right now, right. This, these kind of conversations were not available to us um, at that time. And so what I did is I Googled what to do when your husband has an affair. Like really, yeah, I'm like, like the Google queen. I totally get right. it. But it's a starting <laughs> yeah. point. It's a starting uh -huh. point. Yeah. yeah. And so, so years later, when I decided to come forth with this story, with the blog post, with our podcast, and even brought more broadly, my husband wrote a, um, a book called The Sober Entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And um, he, and he talked about it really, the book starts with our affair and just his world crashing down as well. Wow. Right. Um, and so, but, but when, you know, when I, we were writing those and, and sharing our story for me, it was speaking to that me years ago mm, with perfect. no resources, nobody right. talking about it, right. feeling so alone. It's very, very, um, isolating. And, and it was there shame I imagine attached to the feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I think shame more on his side. Yes, um, of course. Luckily, and it's interesting when you go through a hard time in your life, you realize kind of what you're made out of. Yes. <laughs> and, isn't that true? Um, yeah. And, and what parts of you really come forth. And for me, it was a, um, touch back to my faith. I had kind of lost touch with my faith and oh, the experience really brought me back to my faith. Um, because I was like, I have nowhere left to go. <laughs> I have right. nowhere to turn to. Right. Um, so that was one thing. And then another is that I felt, I was like, wow, I, I am stronger than I thought I was. Yes. Um, because I was able to, you know, of course there were moments that were really hard and bitter and angry and it was a long process, but I was really happy. <laughs> I guess I could say that I did have strength inside of me. And I think as women, we do of like kind of standing up for yourself and thinking about what you want and what's good for you and your family. And I was so grateful that I was able to kind of pull that out of myself. Yes. 
in the midst of all of that, of the confusion and, and shame. And yeah, I was embarrassed. I don't want to say my husband cheated on me. Right. Um, and, you know, it was a process of telling some people, telling some family members, mm -hmm. um, right. but, but not really being that open <clears throat> about it. So, so yeah, it was, it was challenging. Right. Because what, what I think needs to be made clear to all women that experience this is like, they really haven't done anything wrong. It's not about how you look, who you are, mm -hmm. what you wear. It has to really do with the other person and what they're going through. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm, I'm sure that women feel that it's personal to them. If yeah. only I looked like this or spoke like that mm -hmm. or dressed like this, right? So, But Mika's, your words are like medicine for many people. Uh, partners who have been in a relationship where things aren't as perfect. I think society really sets us up to expect to always have a perfect marriage and a perfect spouse. And sometimes life happens, doesn't it? And we have this, um, uh, people have addictions and they've dealt with hard situations in their life in a different way. But what I love about you is you give people a path to bounce back. It seems like after this had happened, you went right to your roots, which was your faith. So tell us what really did the turnaround, what was the turnaround point for you? Was it gradual um, or sudden? It, that, that was, as far as my faith was very sudden, all of a sudden, it's like, I yes. knew what I needed. <laughs> I right, knew. right. It was um, like, an, it was a knee jerk reaction. Almost. Isn't that mm -hmm. neat? That's mm -hmm. really neat. Yeah, yeah, that is great. It really was. Um, it came from outside of me and I was just like, this is what I need. Um, right. And then from there, we, we, you know, I had kicked him out of the house. Okay. Uh, I, I took all the money out of our accounts and put it into a personal account. Yeah. Um, and, and said, you know, <laughs> good luck. And, yep. and then as the days went on, um, I remember I was standing in the middle of all places that we're all familiar with target. target. Um, okay, so it was great things of, happen at target. <laughs> yep, my wa my water broke in target too. So it's, oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I'm there a lot. So, anyway, um, so I was in the middle of target and actually my mom was with me and, yeah. and bless her heart because she was there and I told her and, you know, we looked at each other and I said, mom, what do I do? What should I right. do? Do I let him right. back? And, um, and she's like, I think you should let him back. And I was like, you know what? You're right. I should. Okay. And so he came back wow. and he was extreme. I mean, he, he was repentant, uh, remorseful, okay. you know, it was, it was genuine. And then That's at great. that point I could see that pain that led him to all the really poor decisions. Right. Um, I, I saw, I kind of say it as, you know, he was like this diamond in the rough where <laughs> he had a lot of crap around him. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. A lot of walls and pains and hurts. And I saw, you know, the guy that I married that I knew that was somewhere deep down inside there. Right. And so that began a process for us. Uh, he wanted to go to marriage counseling, which okay. I'm very grateful for. I know that yes. that is a really a big struggle for many who find themselves in this position is one yes. spouse is not, um, you know, amenable, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. They don't want to move forward in that. They're, they're still really, um, they have a wall up, but I will say that, you know, my husband's name's Russ. Russ did have that wall prior. You know, every time I told him he had a drinking problem, he's like, no, I'm fine. Right. So it was, you know, this was really definitely the, the rock bottom. Um, so at that point he was like, yes, let's go. Um, and, and he made a choice. He said later down the road, you know, at that mo moment, he, 
he wanted to stay married. That was important to him. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. And so that's why we went to marriage counseling. We took our little baby in the little car seat carrier, (laughs) I remember. And, um, and he is much more of an open emotional person than I am actually. Um, he was raised surrounded by women who encourage sharing Uh. emotion (laughs) and talking. And so I remember in the process of counseling, I was actually, I remember the counselor saying that I was very like stoic. Uh Um, I think some women might find themselves in that position. I think it's very much a stereotype that women are the emotional, open, um, one, but actually for me, for us, it was the opposite. I had a really hard time and learned how to actually share my emotions and my feelings out loud with words, which, you know, growing up, I I didn't do as much as he did. Right. Um, Yeah. Well, it takes such a certain uh, level of vulnerability to be able Mm -hmm. to go deep and to touch those emotions. So you have, you have to, you don't just get there. No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so, so yeah, we went to marriage counseling and I, in my weird Google search that I did, (laughs) um, I, I read, I read somewhere that it takes two years to forgive. And I, I, have you heard that before? I, before. I haven't heard that. No, I don't know. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, so I, I had heard that and that could have been total BS, but for me, it's what I needed because that meant I had a deadline and right. Yeah, right. something to hold on to. Yeah. And it kind of gave me this permission to be whatever emotion I wanted to be, to be mm-hmm. angry, to be sad, mm-hmm. to be depressed, to be okay. Like for two years, I could have whatever feelings I wanted around this whole, like oh, wow. this, this happened. But at the back of my mind, I was like, all right, Mika, you have two years. Right. And, and I don't know if I tricked myself into it or it truly is like, that is kind of like the, the average time. But when two years was up, it, it really just kind of fell away. And that, wow. anger, that anger was gone. Um, our, our intimacy came back. Wow. Um, and, and from there, it was like, all right, we have a renewed marriage. And we are not who we were before this. We right. were not the same people as, you know, the day we set our vows. Um, but we have a new marriage now. And it's our choice to move forward and create this new marriage and family together. Wow. And, and it, it's new and it's probably better, I would venture to say, than it had oh been. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I say in the blog post that we're, we're really glad it happened. It's when, you know, one of the worst and the best things. Right. And um, we're glad because otherwise I think that we would have led a really surface level marriage. Mm, okay. Um, yeah. Or, or it would have happened, something else would have happened down the road. Right. Right. And you were forced pretty early on in your marriage to get really down mm-hmm. into, into the bolts and nuts of things. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. really probably made a difference. It makes a difference with, with any relationship that you're in, if you're really able to go deep and it sounds like that's what you're able to do. So yeah. um, it's, it's really, it's inspiring. And like you say, what's nice about it is that you are telling your story and when women are Googling and if they can find you and get yes. inspiration, that will be wonderful. Really. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I have had that and it's bittersweet to get the messages right? and the emails, you know, that they're like, Oh, I just found you somehow. And I am, I mean, I'm crying because this oh. is what we're, this is me right now. Right. Um, whether it's with an addiction or with an affair or both. Right. Um, and so I, I just like, you know, I, I can't fix anything for them, but I know what they need is just an understanding ear right. 
Um, and so I'm really, really grateful that I can be that for someone. Yeah. Well, Grace and I always say, you know, with the advent of social media and the rise and the popularity of it comes bad things, but also wonderful things. And the wonderful things is that you're able to find community in a way that you couldn't before. Um, so that's what you're able to give people. And I'm curious, like the trust aspect, um, was that part of the two years? Did that take longer, less time? Like when were you able to say, okay, now I trust him again? Yes. Yeah. So that was definitely within those two years. Mm -hmm. Um, but really the trust happened when he made the decision to be sober because yes, that he was a different person. Um, when he was under the influence of alcohol and Mm. therefore when that, um, that part of the equation was removed, I felt so much better about trusting him um, because he was more of like the person who he was. Right. Um, so that, that was the biggest point for me. So for someone who is in a similar position of not trusting someone, oftentimes there's like a behavior that they're engaging in. Uh Um, that is continuing to prolong that mistrust, whether it's, it could be, you know, some sort of substance or, you know, action, but maybe it's, you know, they're going off and doing something and they're continuing to do that. That's where the mistrust is, you know? So unless that person, until that person is willing to change that, uh, it can be really hard. Right. Well, this is really, um, like I said, really important for our listeners. Um, and they can learn more on your podcast, Good to Be Home, and your blog. And I'd like to talk a little bit about other aspects of you because there's so much more to you, Mika, than, than just um, having gotten through this affair. So tell us a little bit about your brand and your lifestyle and what you're doing because you've created something amazing. And, and her Instagram, especially because it's so addictive to look at. It's so <laughs> quite beautiful. beautiful. <laughs> yes. yes, We'll have that in our show notes audience along with everything else. And Mika as a podcast, but Mika, you have this beautiful lifestyle brand. Tell us, how did you create this? What is your inspirations? Tell us everything. Okay. So this started uh, basically from my years as a professional organizer. So I had a a professional organizing company. I I ran a team. I managed a team of organizers. And so we're talking going into the closets. That's what I was going to ask you. Did you actually go into people's homes and closets? (laughs) Yes. Yep. It started, it started as a one woman show. And then Mm -hmm. I ended up, uh, you know, leading a team of organizers. And so I, I loved organizing. It's just something that comes naturally to me. And over time I've honed that um, experience and, um, you know, kind of my ability in it. And, um, and as I was doing that, I started to, you know, go into Instagram, kind of show the client spaces. So back then it was showing my clients homes. Um, yeah, yeah. And then, so since then it has, uh, so since then I had another child, I had another daughter and, um, and in that first year I was like, all right, I'm going to run this. I'm going to do it. I love working. Um, and so I, I was all about it, but then I was like, all right, I'm going to give it a year and see where I end up and see how I feel in that whole balance of motherhood and having a business. Um, and I said, you know what, this is not for me right now. Um, okay. so I took a step back and actually the team is still running here. I live in Scottsdale, Arizona and, Beautiful. um, they're still running around organizing homes, but I am no longer part of it. Um, and I just kind of kept, I had the blog going, um, mikaperry.com, just very simple. I'm glad mm-hmm. I just chose my name because it, it made it really easy for me to kind of to transition, it, right? <laughs> I, could, I could pivot that into anything I wanted. <laughs> and so I just experimented with Instagram. You know, I, I'm very creative. That's like a big 
outlet for me. It mm-hmm. makes me really happy and fulfills me when I can create something. And I love imagery and, um, and interior design and kind of home spaces. So mm-hmm. um, then I started sharing more and more and um, that just kind of kept going. And then um, we did the blog or I'm sorry, we did the podcast yes. and started to share together. And so really, you and your husband yeah, started Yeah, we that. share. Yep. Good to be home is my husband and I. And of mm-hmm. course we started with that um, story of our affair and the addiction. But since then we really focus on, he's an entrepreneur, he's um, mm-hmm. a business owner. And we, we, so that's kind of like an art an entrepreneurial family and couple Mm -hmm. and how we balance that with life, with, with parenting, with marriage, with, you know, self-care and mental health and, and making sure that we're good. Mm -hmm. And so in all that, it's very much aligned all the topics that I talk about, whether it's home organization or we're really big on morning and night routines. Mm -hmm. Ah, yes. Yeah. And I actually even have an organizing, um, and night morning and night routine course where I kind of got, guide um, the learner through uh, how to create uh, your own morning and night routine because that really, it really comes down to like, you know, the things that happened to us, it's because we weren't taking care of ourselves. Right. And um, he was grinding hard. He had a, an ad agency back then. And oh, gosh. it was just like, you're putting everything into the bucket of work. You're going to burn you right. know, really quickly. It's and not yes. sustainable. Mm-mm, it is not sustainable. And I always say, you know, it's just like, long-term success doesn't happen and isn't sustainable if you're not taking care of the foundation right. and yourself right. um, and the person running that ship. So, so we're very much, very much all about taking care of ourselves and our marriage, then our kids <laughs> and then our business um, and having that kind of like model mm-hmm. to go by every day. I think that's great advice, especially because there's so many um, families across the United States and all over the globe that uh, have uh, two entrepreneurs have married each other. So for all those mom and dadpreneurs out there, how do you separate? Because I know with my husband and I, we're always collaborating uh, business wise and coming up with new ideas. How do you turn that off at night and say, okay, we're going to focus on something else instead of talking about business? How do you separate that? Well, we, um, we're really big on date nights, weekly date nights. Ah, we date nights, really, yes. We really protect that. Okay. And, um, and he travels a lot. Like he's in Japan today. He's coming home tonight. You know, that we're often ships passing in the night. <laughs> we don't no. see each other. And so these date nights, um, you know, we book them in advance. We book the babysitter far in advance for, you know, weeks, multiple weeks mm-hmm. um, to make sure we don't miss them. And, um, and in those moments, sometimes our date nights, we talk about branding. We talk about business. We write down numbers on a piece of paper, like we, <laughs> yes. you know, strategize in our date nights. <laughs> and then some other date nights, we talk about our dreams and our goals right. and other date nights, we check in on each of our children and what they're up to and get on the same page, making sure that we're aligned with what we want for them. So it depends, but really those date nights help us so that we can bring back the focus and protect our time together. That's great. Well, give me an example. I'm just curious, you know, I'm very much not a morning person, but because of children and work, I have to become one. (laughs) So give me a, a quick example of what a morning routine would look like. So for me, it's making sure I wake up before the kids. So that's 5 a.m. And um, I make sure. I guess you're a morning person. I'm not. I'm not a morning person. No, I do not want to get up at 5 a.m. That just seems like the middle of the night to me. (laughs) It is. uh, Yeah, I wake up at 5 because my kids are early risers. They're Uh up by 6 a.m. Okay. Right. So if 
I just know when I wake up at the same time as them, I always feel like I'm a step or two behind and I'm always in reactionary mode. Right. Right. So by waking up an hour or so earlier than them, um, that gives me time to get out of reaction and just be steps ahead. So that may look like, you know, making sure I get my coffee. You know, I had my lemon water. Um, I pray, I meditate, I um, write down, you know, just one line of gratitude and my meditation is just 10 minutes. It's nothing mm-hmm. crazy. Okay. Um, and make sure, you know, that gives me time to like wash my face and brush my yes. face. Right. And, right. you know, I'm not getting all glammed up or anything. It's just like, just so I can, you know, get the basics checked off. Right. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm hydrated. I'm awake. And a lot of the things <laughs> I do, like I have diffusers all over the house and I do like peppermint and orange and turn on music and open up the blinds. I do all that because I'm not a morning person. And so that wakes me up. Oh, and it's, like creating, it's creating it's creating an environment that kind of tricks you into you know right. <laughs> <growing> up. <laughs> and so that I like helps that. me yeah because I noticed that like I would always be frustrated or even yell at the kids if we were running behind or right. I wasn't quite awake yet and just feeling like you know really frustrated and I just didn't don't like that feeling I think um, that's good advice because yeah. that that brings calm to the house to the children. Yeah. It really was. And I was a a teacher. So I really know the importance of, you know, me and my effect on the kids and also just having systems and, and routines in place, because that gives everyone a sense of calm and a sense of purpose and knowing what to expect, you know, children Um, need to know what's coming next. I think that's very key. Totally. They really, really do. And even adults too. Yes. The most like spontaneous person, we could all use a little bit of routine to make make sure the important things are checked off. And that way, you know, everything in the middle of your day can be as spontaneous and as fun as you want. Um, But really just making sure it's bookended by a good morning routine. And then I'm also really big, especially for moms with a night routine, because that is where I set up all the things I need in the morning right. so that in the event I don't wake up at 5 a.m., I'm still okay. <laughs> They're accessible. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I'm not going crazy. I like that. So I'm really all about a good night routine. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to take some of this advice to heart. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, all right. Well, Mika, it has been really a pleasure speaking with you. Um, I, like I said, your story, it's, it's real and it's emotional, but it's, it's t- told in such a nice, quiet way also. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it's just easy to listen to. And I encourage Thank all of our you. listeners to um, listen to this episode and share it. And then also to go to your own podcast, Good to Be Home. Thank um, you. And, you know, let's stay in touch because Absolutely. you're certainly an interesting person to have on. <laughs> We've really enjoyed it. Thank you. It's been a blast. It's been great having you, Mika. And for our audience to get more organized, if you're not on Mika Perry's Instagram, you're not living life. So (laughs) please follow her on all of her social media. We will have everything in our show notes so you can get everything Mika Perry. Mika, you've been such a joy. Thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you, ladies. Bye for now.